This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Well, it's just about that time of year again where the whole cinema world descends down on Toronto to witness the Toronto International Film Festival, except for that's not exactly how it's happening this year. TIFF, the festival we all love, is still happening, but not how we know it, and for a few very different reasons, but all because of COVID-19. Normally, everyone comes to town, there's big, huge galas, you can get tickets to go see any movie you want, as long as it's not sold out, Uh, special screenings, midnight specials, all the sort of great stuff that we know and love, with the winner going on to be the frontrunner for the best picture at the Oscars. That stuff is still going to be slightly similar. Some differences are going to be that some of the festival is going to be screened online. Some of it's going to be back in drive-ins, which, you know, I'm loving that they're cool again. And then some of it still are getting your regular screenings. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. The festival this year is taking place between September 10th and the 19th. At the time that this episode is out, uh, different member uh, tickets are on sale now with uh, general public sales going on starting September 4th and 5th. Fourth, if you're an insider, you subscribe to their newsletter, and fifth, for everyone else. But other than that, there's going to be a lot of things that are still sort of similar if you've gone to the festival before. The one real big downside is it's cool that they are doing uh, online screenings. The problem is, unless you are a press or industry member, you will not be able to view these digital screenings outside of Canada. They do take into account your IP address and where you are buying the tickets from which I know has been a bit of point of contention for some of our international friends who love coming to Toronto to view the festival. That all said, we're going to do a preview of the 10 movies we are most excited about seeing and then some honorable mentions as well. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get right into this. It was a sea lizard. Six feet long. Days it took to dig it out, clean it. I was only 11 years old. It's in the British Museum. That one was special. Miss Annie. I've often heard your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London. Is there something you wanted, sir? My wife. She hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience. So the first movie I want to talk about is Ammonite, which stars Kate Winslet as Mary, who is an 1840s English fossil hunter who meets Sir Sharon and Charlotte, and the two develop a bond and form an eventual relationship. Um, we just got a trailer out of it and as you heard before in the break music that's what it came from but this is a movie that has two powerhouse stars and a plot that sounds a little bit like the the very excellent portrait of a lady on fire which came out last year it makes me very excited it's directed by francis lee who also wrote the script and is following uh, up his last film god's own country another queer film he made about an unlikely relationship between two men this looks to be a surefire player for the Oscars, at least for the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress categories. 
Saoirse Ronan's already got four nominations and zero wins. Is this going to be lucky number five for her? We're going to see, but this is one that definitely you need to keep your eyes open for. Up next, we've got Another Round, which uh, has Danish star Mads Mikkelsen and director Thomas Vinterberg, who previously paired up for the excellent The Hunt, which dealt with a child who knowingly, wrongfully accuses a man of sexual assault and the fallout it causes. Uh, They're back with a dark comedy slash drama about four teachers who decide to experiment by ensuring their blood alcohol levels are always above 0.5%. At first, it all seems like it's fun and games because they've got elevated confidence. They're, you know, more focused. They're more engaged, all this sort of stuff. But as things get worse, as they up their blood alcohol content, it's going to be a big downfall. And you're going to see where a lot of the drama sort of comes into play. I would not be surprised if this is a lock for uh, Best International Film at the Oscars as far as nominations go for Denmark. Uh, there is a trailer out already, and we're going to play a little bit clip of that later on in the show. But yeah, I, I would not be surprised, considering the success that Vinterberg and Mickelson had with The Hunt, that Denmark submits this movie as their official selection for the international film. Next up, we have Beans. This film is the feature-length directorial debut from Tracy Deer, a Mohawk woman from Quebec. And the film depicts the 78-day standoff between the indigenous community and the RCMP as the local government in Oka, Quebec, want to build a golf course on a sacred burial ground. The story gripped Canada back in the 90s, and it produced an incredibly famous image showing how the government treats their own people that are too often trampled over. And this is going to be interesting. Every few years... There is a movie in Canada that sort of rises to the top. It sort of gets the the, the notoriety that uh, most American movies get. And I and I wonder if this is the year that Beans sort of is that film for Canada based on the very timely subject matter. Because as we all know, what happened in the past is still happening today. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if that makes this a bit of a, a touchstone film for the year. Up next, we have Concrete Cowboy. This is another feature-length directorial debut coming from Ricky Staub, who tells the story of a young boy played by Stranger Things star Caleb McLaughlin, who learns about urban horseback riding in Philadelphia from Idris Elba's Harp. Urban cowboys have been in the news recently showing the diversity of black America as they have joined the protest against police brutality. We don't know a ton else about this. There's no trailer, but there's some really interesting photos of, uh, of seeing both Idris and Caleb riding down uh, the, the streets of Philadelphia on horses. So I'm really excited for this. Idris Elba is someone who turns in some really great performances when he's involved in smaller dramatic films, and, and I expect this to be one of those as well. Up next, we have Falling, which uh, stars Viggo Mortensen. He's a bit of an anomaly. He was sort of a superstar in the making after his turn as Aragon and Lord of the Rings, but is very picky about what projects he's worked on since. He could have been in anything. He could have been given any franchise he wanted, but he decides to only do a movie every couple of years. Uh, for a little bit, he was basically David Cronenberg's muse. I think they did three films together. And uh, and here he's actually directing, doing the first time doing this as well. Um he stars in this about uh, an older conservative man who's forced to live with his gay son and family as the ailing father needs more attention. And of course, drama ensues. 
Viggo Mortensen does play the son in this. And this movie is already getting rave reviews out of Sundance from earlier this year. So it's going to be really exciting to see where it goes. This is actually technically a Canadian film as well. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see if Viggo Mortensen's star power elevates this too. Next movie is The Father. After Olivia Colman's Oscar-winning turn in The Favorite and Anthony Hopkins' nominated performance in The Two Popes, these two actors are in high form as they play father and daughter. Hopkins plays an aging man suffering from dementia who refuses help from everyone, including his daughter, and the pain it causes the family. This is director Florian Zeller's debut after beginning his career as a writer back in France. This could potentially be another movie to look forward to at the Oscars as far as performances go, with how much the Academy likes both Coleman and Hopkins. We're going to take a short break, and let's hear a clip from Another Round, the Thomas Finterberg movie mentioned earlier. The next movie on the list is Good Joe Bell. This is one that I'm I'm not too sure how excited I am for, but I am curious about it. It stars Mark Wahlberg as the father who decides to go on a walk across America in order to raise awareness about bullying, who his son was a victim of. It was written by Larry McMurtry and Diana Osana, who both wrote Brokeback Mountain. Uh, McMurtry also wrote the book The Last Picture Show and the screenplay for it, too, so he does have a, a long history of writing really excellent films. And this movie is being directed by Rinaldo Marcus Green, who made 2018's Monsters and Men, which was a bit of a indie darling back then. Uh, this is getting a gala presentation, so a lot of eyes will be on this movie. Mark Wahlberg, every couple of years, tries his hand at doing something that's very serious to a bit of mixed results. Uh, he's great at doing sort of the action stuff and even some of the comedy that he's done, stuff like the other guys. So it's going to be interesting to see a movie that looks to be a fairly straightforward drama and maybe a bit more of an Oscar bait movie and probably is going to maybe ruffle a bit of feathers with with that. But yeah, I'm not too sure... Is this movie going to be any good or not? Is this going to be a front runner at the Oscars or is it going to get sort of forgotten about the second the tiff is over? Well, we're going to find out. The next movie is the first documentary that I, I want to talk about. It's called MLK FBI. And, you know, it's been long known that Martin Luther King Jr. was being heavily surveilled and harassed by the FBI during his, his very brief life as a civil rights advocate. But new documents have finally emerged in recent years showing the extent that the government went through to discredit the civil rights leader, including sending death threats and trying to convince him to kill himself. So director Sam Pollard's documentary should continue the conversation that has been long overdue in regards to the treatment of, of black Americans by large-scale institutions that are deeply ingrained in society. Pollard previously was nominated for a Best Documentary Oscar along with Spike Lee for his movie about the Birmingham church bombing that killed four young black girls in 1963. This is probably going to be a movie that's going to be a, a big hit. I know 
earlier this year after the murder of George Floyd by uh, police in Minneapolis, movies such as 13th by Ava DuVernay became very popular as far as people wanting to educate themselves on the issues facing black communities. And I could see this being a very timely documentary about both, as I said, with Beans, showing what was happening in the past is still happening today. And I could definitely see this being nominated for Best Documentary at this year's Oscars. Next movie is Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao, who hit it big in the indie world with 2007's The Rider, which was basically this very intimate movie about uh, a man who's a cowboy who's sort of recovering from a, a very bad fall and and leaves him permanently injured from it and how he has to reevaluate his life based on all he's ever known is, is horseback riding and things like that. Um, and that netted her the job as Marvel's The Eternals, which I believe has completed filming and they're in the middle of post-production, but has been pushed back until 2021 due to COVID pushing all of Marvel's movies back. But before we get that, we do get to see her follow-up and it stars Frances McDermott. McDermott plays a woman who loses everything in the Great Recession from a few years ago and decides to live as a nomad traveling in her trailer across the American West, which is sort of a similar feeling that the writer had as well, this dealing of uh, what does the Western frontier of modern America look like now. Zhao has a knack of getting deeply intense character dramas and tapping Frances McDermott could yield huge results for her, especially with McDermott potentially being a Best Actress nominee. And then our 10th film that I want to talk about is One Night in Miami. After Cassius Clay loses a fight to Sonny Liston, he goes to a bar and meets up with Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. That's not a joke. This is a movie of a fictional what-if that shows how these four titans of black America would have interacted with each other and possibly changed the way the U.S. and civil rights could have gone. This is the directorial debut of Oscar-winning actress Regina King, who won for If Beale Street Could Talk, and this looks like it's going to be a gut punch of political discourse, no pun intended as far as Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali uh, in his boxing career. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. I, it's funny. I was actually, I once acted in a play uh, called Picasso at the La Panagile, which was written by Steve Martin, which is sort of a similar idea where what would happen if Pablo Picasso and Albert Einstein met up in a bar in France because they lived in the same area in the same time in, in 1920s France of what would have happened if they got together to talk about art and philosophy and life and all this sort of stuff. And I see this being a very similar American version that deals with the Afri African-American experience and with these very big personalities of, of, of Clay, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. I'm very excited to see how this all turns out. It can't be because I'm a woman, that's why you're not giving me these opportunities. But then it always proved to be that situation. Why haven't women done it? Well, they have done it all along, but they've been invisible. I never had seen a female DJ at the clubs, ever. Nada. Hardly any women. Maybe I should have posted more pictures of me in the studio so people know I'm actually here doing all the work. I don't like to talk about it a lot, but there is definitely sexism in the music industry. And then we've got some some honorable mentions, movies that uh, I'm also wanting to see and, and have my eye on as well. One of them is called Underplayed, which is directed by Stacey Lee. It's a Canadian documentary. 
And every year there's a list of the 100 best DJs at the moment. And as of right now, only five of them are women. So this is a really cool documentary about focusing on women as producers and DJs and what their role in the history of both past and present music is and why they don't get their due. And it's got some fantastic interviews from people like Rez, Alice in Wonderland, uh, and, and so much more. And it's going to be cool. They're doing a, a special event of this where after the screening of it, Rez is actually going to DJ, which is pretty cool. So I'm excited to see this one. I'm sure all music fans are going to be really interested to see this. The next honorable mention is David Byrne's American Utopia, which is directed by Spike Lee. It's another documentary, music documentary. We all know what Spike Lee brings to the table as far as a narrative filmmaker, but he actually has a long and rich history of, of making documentaries as well. And him working with David Byrne really intrigues me. Byrne, who is the former frontman of The Talking Heads, recently did a, a tour in 2019, a Broadway show actually, where uh, he was kind of reimagining some of his classic songs and then some of his current songs as well. And it's a really interesting mix of that. So it's kind of a part concert film, part documentary talking to David Byrne himself. But with Spike and David Byrne together, you know it's going to be really interesting with some fantastic music. My next honorable mention is one called The Waterman, which is another directorial debut by an actor, this time by David Oyelowo. He is making sort of a family-friendly fantasy film uh, about a, a young boy whose mother is gravely ill and decides to go looking for the mythical waterman who may carry the secret to everlasting life. This is a movie that stars Rosario Dawson and Oyelowo as the parents, so it's going to be really interesting to sort of see this. Is it going to be a family-friendly film that's good for all ages sort of thing, or is it going to be more focused on... on just being for the kids. It's going to be one to see. Oprah is producing this, so there's going to be a lot of uh, big-name talent behind this. And if there was an actual TIFF, I could see this being one of the more star-studded premieres that was happening. And then my last honorable mention is one called Bruised, which is directed and starring Halle Berry. This isn't a movie that I'd, I'd see regularly, but I'm curious to see how the reception of this goes. Halle Berry has kind of had a bit of an interesting career after she won her Oscar for Monsters Ball. She picked some really bad movies and has struggled to really regain that A-lister status she used to have. And the fact that she's taking this, which is going to be a bit of a physical role, she's playing a former MMA fighter who is struggling to regain the custody of her son and restart her career as well. She's probably worked out a ton done a bit of a physical transformation, at least from the images that I've seen, and is really going to put everything she's got into this. I This is definitely the type of movie that I'm going to wait to see what the reviews are before going any further, so I'm not too sure what really to make of it, but it's one to definitely keep your eye on. Despite all that's happened, and despite all that's still happening, there's still a possibility. James Baldwin said, I still believe that we can do with this country something that has not been done before. And there you have it. Those are the 10 movies I'm most looking forward to at TIFF this year with a few honorable mentions. What movies are you most looking for? Send me an email, contrazoompot at gmail.com, and I'll share your replies on a future episode. 
Please follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at ContraZoomPod. And if you can leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Podchase, or someone else, send me a screenshot and I will send you some free podcast swag. We're trying to grow the show and get new listeners, and that would be a great help. Go to ContraZoomPod.com for the show notes, for everything else that you want about it, including past episodes, guest appearances, the history of the show, all that great stuff. I want to thank Aesthetic Magazine for presenting the show, and to Eric and Kevin Smell for the theme music, and Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. Thank you so much for listening, and happy TIFF 2020. Mm-hmm.